Welcome to Extremely Valid Points. We're three business owners and friends who enjoy talking about business, marketing, and creativity. Along the way, we just might happen to make some extremely valid points. So we'd love it if you would join us in today's conversation. Welcome back to the Extremely Valid Points podcast. Today's topic is branding mistakes that everyone makes. We're your co-hosts. I'm Nathan Sala. I'm Jenny Sala. And I'm Dave Wilkins. Welcome to the show. So today we're going to talk about branding. We're going to talk a little bit about what branding is, what branding isn't, uh, have some examples, talk about um, experiences that we've had with branding. I think branding is um, something that a lot of people think they know what it is, but I, the longer I'm in this business, the more I realize nobody really knows what it is, So, uh, <laughs> including us. Um, so uh, let's just get started. What, let's talk about what a brand is is not Mm, okay good a brand is not a logo that's true a lot of people get confused and they think that a brand and a logo are the same thing um so i heard this one uh i saw this on a website once um this this saying and i just loved it because it so perfectly described it and it and it said a brand isn't what you say it is a brand is what they say it is Mm, and so Um, I really like that because I thought that was very uh, succinct in, in summing up what a brand is. So it's not so much about what you're like, how much control do you have over it? Right. Or maybe it is. I don't know. How would you? Yeah. I think a lot of companies want to get out there and want to uh, influence what they say it is, but you can't really control what the world is going to say. Um, and so I think how well you execute your branding uh, decisions is measured by listening to what they're saying out there. Yeah. So another perspective would be to say, you know, when defining branding, what is branding? I would say branding is authentic messaging about who you are, what you represent, what you, what you sell. And sometimes, you know, we want to be the skinny supermodel, but the reality is, we just love tacos a little bit too much and um, we're a little bit too short and we're just not ever going to be the skinny supermodel. And so I, I felt like you were looking at me a little bit too many times <laughs> when you were saying this is your cue, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. Um, oh, are you looking for, you know, validation is I, I missed it. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do better next time. No, I wasn't looking for validation, although there have been times when you know, as a young girl, sure, I wanted to be a model. Every girl wants to be beautiful. And but the point I'm making is that even with our businesses, we sometimes we want our business to be this idealistic thing that whatever it is we think is perfect. And um, people can see us and see who we really are. And so often when if when we're working on our branding, if we're trying to be something that we're not that is a huge branding mistake because we're not fooling anybody. And when you say, you know, our brand is what our audience says it is, it's what other people say it is, um, it's because they can see us and they can see who we really are. So I think that branding, the importance, one of the most important things when you're creating messaging about who you are is be true to who you are, be authentic to who you are. And maybe if you don't really know what your brand represents, then talking to people who are your customers and asking them, who do you say we are? 
who do you think we are? Yeah, I, I suppose it's a little bit like who do people say you are just as a person, right? If someone were to ask your friends, oh, well, tell me a little bit about Jenny or Nathan, they're going to have a thought about who you really are based on their interactions with you, right? It's not like you handed them a little card to say, oh, if someone asks what Nathan is or what he does, <laughs> you know, say this sentence, you know, so it's not like you're, I mean, we have, you know, um, mission statements and taglines and all those kinds of things, but you know, they may get burned into someone's mind, but more normally, right, it's that lasting impression that they've had by interacting with us as a person, as a brand, as a company, right? That's what's going to be seared into their memory. And it may not be exactly what we want them to say, but it's going to be, but all of our actions and all of our, the things that we do, right, are going to be what sticks with them. Yeah. I think the best way to sort of measure it is just to sort of be this invisible fly on the wall and kind of listen to your customers talking. And if you could hear that conversation and sort of eavesdrop and, and, and listen in and say, what are they saying about me? You know? Uh, and you know, personally, a lot of times, uh, you know, for, you know, we don't want to do that, but as, as businesses, you know, we do definitely want to do that to make sure that the story that we're putting out there, the messaging that we're putting out there is having the effect that we want. Uh, and, and you definitely don't want to have um, the wrong effect because if you do listen and people are saying bad things about you, well, then you need to change your story. Yeah, that's a great point. Extremely valid point. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it's not a logo. It's not a color. It's not a, it's a not style. A mm-hmm. It's not, not your slogan. slogan. Okay. Um, it's not your niche. Niche. Niche? No. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> So what's the difference between a, a niche and a brand? Well, I mean, I suppose you could have different brands, right? Different companies or organizations within one niche, right? So that the niche is going to be a segment of the market, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're going to most likely, you know, hey, it'd be great if you're not competing against anybody. You're so niche that <laughs> you're the only person there. But likely if you start doing well, then you're going to have other competitors and you want to differentiate yourself from other people within that same niche. So Jenny, you mentioned that branding is, uh, you know, it's a, it's an authenticity. It's a reflection of who you are, who you core, who your core values are. So I think that you definitely need to know who you are as a company and as a person, a lot of people, um, their brand is themselves. If, if their name is the same as their business, they, they almost have double duty as, uh, being authentic, um, because it's their own personal name on the line it's the reputation on the line. But you know, it's very important to make sure the story is out. You're authentic. You're telling the truth about who you are, and, uh, and and that message, that personality, that tone that goes out there. Those are all the elements of branding that um, that are so important. Um, because at the end of the day, branding is really about how you make your audience feel. Um, and so, I think a lot of people don't really understand that component. That there's this emotional facet to it. And in order to be great at branding. I think one of the things that you need to have is just this curiosity about people, the curiosity about human beings, because, you know, particularly our brains, uh, there's nothing on this planet biologically that is even close to the human brain and how complex it is and how amazing it is. And so I think to, to really uh, develop this curiosity and in a side note, I think in this podcast, we need to talk about curiosity, mm. possibly every episode. Um, and so, uh, maybe even we'll have a show called curiosity. So if we do have a show called curiosity in the future, check the show notes, we'll put a link there. 
Um, but as of yet, we have not recorded that, and maybe we should. I'm intrigued about that. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, but you know, curiosity is, uh, you know, I I don't think it's a strength. I don't think it's something that uh, I think anybody can do it. And if you're not curious about people, um, you might need to talk to a therapist. You know, you might have some <laughs> issues to work through with this. But I think it's it's just a matter of you know really wanting to understand the way people work, how they think, those types of things. And so, because really what branding is is it's a it's it's an emotional transaction. So what happens is uh, everything about marketing is to build no like and trust. You want people to know you, you want people to like you, you want people to trust you. And so with branding, um, it's really about that trust component. So if I'm if I'm putting a, a story out there, if I'm putting a message out there and people are hearing that message but it doesn't line up, the authenticity isn't there, then the trust will go down. Um, and so you want to make sure that you are building the trust because that's the most important the most important uh part of branding is building that trust. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I have a definition of branding. Are you guys interested in hearing? Of course. I'm, I'm very curious to know. Hmm. You'll have to work on, you know, I, I'm not convinced, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> My authenticity <laughs> is in question. Yeah, but, you know, I know you, so, and I like you, oh. so I'll trust you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> my My branding is... Off to a great start. All right. All right. So here's Nathan's definition of branding. Branding is your customer's emotional response to hearing your clear message. You're building a relationship with your clients. So your brand is the component that human beings can actually relate to and have a relationship with. So just to elaborate on that, the brand, since we're people and we're relational beings and we always have to be everything that's that we're connected with in our life it's all relational everything's relative we're all you know everything's related to everything else cause and effect all the way back to the to the creation of the whole universe uh, so if if we're a company and we want to connect with people the only way to do that is through relationship and that relationship is a brand because you I can't have a you know if I like you know a bookstore say Barnes and Noble I can't go up to that building to the bricks and like hug those bricks. I can't I can't have a relationship with the the brick and the mortar that creates that building. It's not that's not the component of their brand that I like or uh uh you know. So what it so the brand is that component that I can actually hug. It's the personification <laughs> or the personality of the brand. It's it's making the making your brand human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really great too, because I think it can help if you're thinking about it in the, the way that you just defined it, it kind of helps take you out of your head because it, a lot of times when you're thinking about these things, it can be a very cerebral process of trying to decide this is how I want people to see me and engage with me or, or my, my brand. So, um, but you've got to move it from here down into your heart. Right. So, um, those that whole thing is like you're talking about like Barnes and Noble, you know, you're it, it's easy as a business to be stuck on the business side of it, thinking about all the processes and how do I get the product there? Which which items do I buy? Which, you know, which book selection do I do I want to have in the store? 
How do I, you know, what is our hiring process? All those things, right? But that's actually all part of it, right? In a great company culture is who you are to your employees, to um, uh, to your customers, obviously, to your investors, to all those things. Um, it should be consistent, right? Um, and so you have to take those sort of practical things that you're putting in place and figure out how, okay, so if I have this employee policy, how is that going to affect them and how are they going to interact with us? Are they going to be the kinds of employees that we want them to be that our customers need and expect, right? And so all those things have that relational component that you can't just sit down and put it on paper. You've got to be having that curiosity and feedback of, is this really working? What do we need to adjust? How do we make sure that this is on point for what we're hoping to achieve? Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. And I would say that um, all of the processes are completely intertwined with your brand. Um, and if you're wanting to redefine your brand, um, that's where you would want to start. You know, you would want to start with figuring out, you know, for example, if I go into a certain store and I have a repetitively negative experience with customer service, um, that becomes part of my brand. And if I want to change my image, I have to, um, I can't just say all of a sudden I can't say, oh, we, we have great customer service. No, we actually have to change our customer service. We actually have to start from the ground up and figure out, you know, how can we make our client, our, our employees more happy? How do we, do they need extra training? Um, what values have we put in them or have, whether we've put values in them or not, um, we've, uh, intentionally, we've shown them and displayed to them what we value. And so if you're not teaching your employees, this is the kind of customer experience we want to create. And this is what we value in our, in our customers. And here's how you make people feel that way. Then, um, then not doing that is going to have a negative effect. And so branding really is a very complicated thing. It is, um, there's the good and the bad and the ugly of every personality and every person. And so I, and I, and I think that that just goes to prove the point even more that you just, it's not something you can fake. It's, um, sooner or later, people are going to form their own opinions about you no matter what you say. And if you are really being successful with a brand, um, what they think about you and what you say about you line up. Yeah. yeah. And you talk about if you want to change your brand, I think if, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think, I think it's a different process depending on how far along in business you are. It's a lot easier if you're just starting out. Mm -hmm. If you're just getting going, it's a lot easier to kind of peel back the layers of your business and get down to the, the real, the core of your being and say, okay, well, uh, you know, I can make some slight adjustments here and just do things a little bit differently. And then that will change my story. That will change my message that's going out and that'll change the way I'm perceived in the market. But if you've been around for 20, 30 years and you're a massive, huge company and say you've just had a scandal or something like that, um, because of some deep, deep issues, then peeling back all those layers, you're going to have to keep peeling back, um, pretty much everything to, to, it's almost better in some cases just to start over. Mm -hmm. Some companies have to do that. They change their entire name. They change, you know, they, they want to start over with a brand new story because the, the old story is just 
Too broke. Too broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, uh, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, brand positioning is, is, is what the term that we use in, in the business to talk about how do you position your story in the minds of the audience? And um, I think that's an important thing. You, you know, we talked about, you know, Barnes and Noble. Um, you know, there's, there's other examples that we could uh, talk about, like, you know, Ikea. You know, mm-hmm. we all know that in our minds, Ikea is the Swedish furniture company versus, you know, uh, the generic company that says made in China or something like that. You know, do you want, you know, and so at some point when they were trying to, to, to tell, like, here's our story, it became clear to them that it's important in their audience that people think of them as a Swedish furniture company. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be really, I'd be curious to hear that conversation and what went into that mindset. But uh, what well, other? They were Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> so it was truth. They were just telling the truth. Yes. And so that when they when they chiseled away at everything, and so all that was left was their core. It's like this is who we are. We're Swedish. We're a furniture company. But there's other things. Okay, let's let's dig a little bit deeper into the IKEA name. When you think of IKEA, what do you think about? I think about meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Swedish meatballs? Precise, um, to be precise. When would you make the decision to buy IKEA furniture versus Pottery Barn? Pottery Barn. When I want something cheap and plain. Well, you know, I I think for me too that there's, you know, IKEA has a certain level quality of furniture and affordability, right? But it could be it's probably similar to a lot of, a lot of stuff that is made in China, uh, et cetera. But they kind of are marketing themselves authentically as Swedish, and that's unique to them. Mm-hmm. And I think probably at least at some point we we've associated low quality furniture goods certainly with China, right? Being made in China, um, even though they may not, maybe their quality is a little bit better. We somehow think that if it's European, it's maybe it's not that level. Um, and so I think that's, it's unique because they're, they're being who they are, but they are showing that it's different than what you might think over here. And I think, you know, I think there's a sort of like style that they have to some degree. I mean, it changes over time, obviously, but it's you can kind of know that it's this sort of Swedish style, right? Simple and lines. simple lines, is, you know, and um, so you kind of no now you know what to expect. It's going to be affordable. You're going to have to put it together yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but or you, hire you know, a task rabbit. there's a ton that you can choose from. You can go to their big warehouse store or buy online. Right. These are the things that we've come to expect. Um, so it would be. It would be hard if they were trying to say like, okay, well now we're top end furniture. That would be a hard switch to, but you know, we we've come to know and trust them to be affordable, affordable, simple. Yeah, and it'll last you two or three years at least, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think you you said something really um, key there. <clears throat> you said that they are unique, mm. and I think that is so true. Like, there's it's not like there's a thousand Swedish furniture companies. Right. And I think that's how you know you're doing it right. If you look at brand positioning and you want to know how am I doing it right or if I'm doing it right, that's a question you got to ask yourself is, 
do I have a lot of com- competitors in the marketplace or am I kind of the, uh, unique? Is my story the same as what you can get everywhere else? Or is my story kind of got this interesting edge because it's it's not common, it's uncommon. It's, so, so I think that's a good factor. Yeah, like something that there for the audience or the market to grab onto that identifies you versus someone else. Like even if your product isn't that much different, there's something that they're connecting with here that makes sense in their mind versus your competitor. To bring it back to the Pottery Barn point I made earlier, um, they both sell furniture, but they have very different customers. They're really not competing against each other. You know, um, Pottery Barn has their own niche, which is, you know, it's going to be a bit more trendy, really good quality. It's probably going to take a while to get the stuff. Um, there's like, then there's Ballard Designs, you know, an online catalog and a lot of these other, there's a lot of newer um, furniture stores out there now that are doing this custom built furniture that you can, that's really good quality, high end, but somewhat affordable because they're removing the retail aspect of it. So there's all these different ways that people can buy furniture and different ways furniture companies can reach people and have their own space and have their own segment. You know, um, Ikea, if I, if I, so we went to Ikea Mm -hmm. a a month or two ago, um, first time in a long time going there because when we were, when I first bought my own apartment, all my furniture was from Ikea because that's what I could afford. If it wasn't like a hand-me-down or something, it was from Ikea it didn't last very long because as soon as I had to move to my next apartment, things started to fall apart. But um, and so for a long time, I wasn't buying from Ikea and we bought a new house recently. We've been furnishing it and we got to the point where there was just, you know, something that we needed function and we didn't care so much about how it looked. Um, we weren't planning on moving it around. And, you know, we just wanted some simple desks. And man, we got two desks and spent under $100 for both of them. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. Going through the showroom was fun, but what was really cool is um, we just brought it home with us that day. Yeah. And um, and a, most furniture stores aren't like that, where you can just, you walk in, you buy it, and you bring it home with you. So Jenny, I think that was the the second great point, the great question to ask yourself if you're, if you're wanting to know if you're doing it right, am I doing brand positioning right? Is who is my ideal client? You yes. have to ask who is my customer? Who is my ideal customer? And so you mentioned pottery, pottery I did it too. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Pottery Barn versus Ikea. They both have very different customers. Yes. Um, and so you want to make sure that your message is crafted to your customers. You wouldn't want to try to uh, make the mistake of sending the message to somebody else's customers, you know, right. You don't. Pottery barn is not trying to, um, beat anybody's prices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, you you made, um, a point basically to say like you went to Ikea and you got what you were. It's like, it's a transaction that you were, that they were happy with. You were happy with. right? Right. Um, because you connected, you know, you were trusting that what I got was what I was expecting. So, um, you have to find that market that is willing, they, they want what you have to offer. Right. So like if, if you're somebody that wants really fancy gold filigreed ornate 
furniture, you're not going to find that at Ikea. If you want something that's going to last you 40 years, that that's not the right customer. Mm-hmm. If you like, you wanted something to hold up my laptop or whatever it is, <laughs> put my coffee on and be there for a year or two. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I could throw it away. Then perfect. I give you 50 bucks. You give me that product. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The transaction is authentic. It's truth. You get out of it what you expect. Everybody's happy. Right. So there you go. So, so the, so the branding mistakes people make just to recap here, there's, you know, not aligning with your core values, trying to be inauthentic and not telling people who you are, or really not understanding who you are. So your messaging is off, off brand, off base. And then, you know, doing brand positioning all wrong by, uh, not, not asking the questions about your, who you're, competition is and and who your clients are so so let's talk about brand strategy uh dave as a filmmaker Mm. and a storyteller what can you tell us about brand strategy when it comes to video well i mean the great thing about video as i've said before is that um it really works perfectly for connecting with people's emotions right with the feelings part of it um so one mistake that you would want to avoid is being all up in your head and saying, here's the bullet points for, you know, what our company is all about. We do this, we do that, we do that. You know, again, we want to be in that mindset of being the guide and how we can connect with the viewers and, and whoever's going to be watching this to say, plug into something that's a real challenge or problem in their life and then show that the story that, you know, whoever we're doing the film about they they can offer a solution to that problem and help them to fulfill their destiny essentially right so we can you with with film with video you can use music to help hint at where you're going you can use the visuals you can um kind of romance it right a little mm-hmm. bit so you so that they feel a part swept up in something mm-hmm. and already a part of uh, of um you know where the, where they can project themselves to that end goal. They can imagine that I have this wonderful furniture to set my coffee on and it will look (laughs) white and plain. (laughs) That's exactly what I want. You know, Mm -hmm. so they can just envision themselves being satisfied by the product experience. It's more about the experience almost more than it is the product, right? Not just, again, not just listing, oh, it's these features. I mean, that's part of it too, right? But when it comes to video, you're not wanting to get into usually the fine details. I mean, there's a place for that at some point, but if you can just really help somebody envision that end goal, that's where it's at. That's good. So I hear you saying that you use video as a way to invoke emotion and a feeling rather than necessarily cerebral um, bullet points. Or words. Or words. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you think of Donald Miller who wrote the book on story branding, which was an excellent book. Um, he said, pictures are for marketing, words are for branding. And I really like that quote because, um, uh, you know, when you think about video, you think, you know, branding is words. It's the copy. It's ideas. You, you know, communicate these things. But then you, you have a picture, which is worth a thousand words, and then you have a video, which is 24 frames per second or, or better. And so you're 
you can then add music and you can tell the story like you were saying right. with so many more pictures that are worth thousands of words and so it's like it's it's you're such a an efficient way of communication because of that aspect you know i think another aspect of it too is that you're kind of aligning your brand with that other person's personal brand a lot of times it's we as people we see ourselves a certain way and we you know we desire to be a certain way so you know you can think about it like with clothing like you just sort of think about like i want to look like this and so i'm gonna you know if you you find um the kind of thing that connects with your style or wow. even is you know the home i live in or how i furnish it and all those kinds of things you have an idea about who you are and who you want to be perceived as and when you find those companies that their branding suggests yes that is that's who i really am and then you're just trying to help you know just as like you're watching a movie you're going to connect yourself with the hero hmm. not really the villain hopefully <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're you even if it's somebody that's it's a character that is far-fetched it's not you're you're connecting with the emotions and thinking about Yes, that's how I feel. That's how I want to be. That's all those things, right? And you put yourself into that role. So that's that's when you have that brand alignment with the person that um, I think um, you're making a successful branding. That's that's groundbreaking. I think that's an extremely valid point because when you were talking, I just you know because it's so true. Everybody does have their personal brands, and it's almost like if you're doing it right, if you're doing branding right, you understand that. Your audience has their own personal brand and their brand has to figure out if your brand is compatible. So you're mm -hmm. almost doing this kind of, you know, matchmaking where you have to say, is, you know, does my brand match your brand? Are we, are we, are we going to date? Are we going to get into this relationship? Are we going to make it happen? Uh, are we going to take the leap? Are we going to progress further? You know, first base, second base. Do our base. values <laughs> line up? Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I do think that first impressions, you know, are it's it's true that first impressions go a long ways. You know, people can look you up and down and decide a lot about you based on what you look like and how you're presenting yourself and whether or not they feel a connection with you or feel like they have anything in common with you. And so I, you know, our brand can do that. A video can do that. Our website can do that. It's all first impressions. Right. It's true. First impressions and then second impressions. So you got to keep on making impressions. Yes. And the, yeah. You know, first impressions, because everybody decides, you know, whether they even like people, you know, uh, right off the bat, oh, they're, they are not compatible with me. I can just tell, you know, mm -hmm. right. that they're not my type, you know. Yeah. And, but if they are your type, then it becomes, a you know, the next step is like, you know, do I trust you? Let's. Do I like you or, you know, do, are there other factors that are going on? So it's, it's this constant, um, process of furthering the relationship until you can sell your product to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I would say that an extremely valid point, Nathan, that you're making is the importance of your first impression being correct. And, you know, I think that it would be worse if you make a really great first impression and then you lose someone later, then you've disappointed them. You haven't been able to measure up or to um, meet their expectations that you created in your first encounter. 
And so, um, and that's usually even worse than, although it's harder to make a bad first impression and then get a chance to make a better impression later, but I would say it's even worse to make a good impression and then disappoint someone later. Like your chances of redeeming yourself after that are very, very low. Right. Because you've lost trust. Yeah. And I think that's why it's important when you're branding is to really concentrate on feelings and emotions. Because if, if it's just on saying words or communicating ideas or concepts, you have a greater chance of disappointing somebody later on. But if, if you can make somebody feel a certain way through your branding and through your messaging, then that's more true to them than, the, you know, you can be disproven on something you say, but you can never be disproven on how you felt, you know? Yeah. I mean, we've seen this in the political realm, right? Where mm -hmm. you can look at facts of things and you ask, you know, you'll do the man on the street interview and they'll, they're still for their candidate, no matter like, well, yes, I say, I believe all these things, but you know, my candidate did all these things, but I still support them. You know, it's, it's that loyalty, you know, for better, for worse in some cases, I guess. But when you're, when you've bought in some, it's that those emotional things. And I, in fact, I think, you know, a great successful branding thing would be something that can help carry you over mistakes that you've made. Obviously we don't want to be making mistakes, but we are going to as, sure. as people and as companies. So if you have some missteps, but you've built that trust and you can go to the customer and say, Hey, I'm sorry, your experience with us last time was not what you've grown to expect, but we'll, we'll take care of you. We'll make we're, it right. we're on our, we're, we're working to fix things. Right. And that goes, that can really, and if you do, then deliver and make things right, that can, you know, just increase your brand, um, loyalty, right? Your brand, um, there's a word I'm yeah, looking the value, for. the brand value. Brand value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. That intrinsic, that intrinsic trust mm -hmm. grows and the relationship deepens. Um, and, and I think that's such a great point is that you, uh, it, the branding isn't just what you put on your commercial or mm -hmm. in your ad copy. It's carried out through the entire customer journey that they have with you, the entire customer relationship. And you have to execute on every level, including like you mentioned, when you screw up and you have to have customer service get involved, how do they, how that, how they handle that error is going to say everything about who you really are and right. what you believe. Because if, if you bought into something based on an ad and then it, you know, they get the wrong product or, you know, yeah. you know, something happens and then you botch that experience part of it, then everything you said before was a lie. And now yeah. the loyalty is gone and you have a very difficult time ever getting that customer back. Mm -hmm. Right. It's good. So you have to show, not tell, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. You have to show, not tell. And you also have to, uh, you just have to be able, you have to do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. I, uh, there's a lot of companies out there, you know, their band, their brand position is being the best price. Mm -hmm. And, um, that is a really difficult, fickle, competitive position to be in. But if you can beat your competitor by price every time, it's a really nice spot to make money, right? It's a really good place to be. But, um, the problem is that at some point, somebody may be able to beat your price. And if they do, then you lose 
all of that positioning that you had. And then you have to kind of start all over and figure out, okay, well, now how do we compete? Now where do we stand? Who is our customer now if we're not the best price? Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Extremely valid point. <laughs> Extremely valid. Well, great. So there's a couple of books uh, that I think we could mention. I We already mentioned Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. His other book, um, Marketing Made Simple, was a great book by Donald Miller. I think those two books will really help you uh, craft your story message, your story brand, and I think that's a great place to start. Um, so what about inspiration? Do you guys have any inspirational? Uh, what inspired you this week, Dave? Um, well, I came across a, a quote, inspirational quote, um, from, well, I saw it on Austin Cleon's uh, Instagram. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a artist and author. Um, he has a couple really popular bestseller books. One is Steal Like an Artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, and just checking out his work in general. Um, but he had a quote who said that said, find out who you are and do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think that really speaks to what we're um, talking about here. But that was offered to us by the great philosopher and poetess Dolly Parton. <laughs> She was the oh. one who said that. And I think that was true. You know, like people would off, often, you know, make fun of her, but she said, no, this is this is who I am. And like it or not, I, I know who I am. This is who I want to be. And I'm doing it on purpose. And I think, you know, she like, she'd say people think I'm a joke, but I'm in on the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And so I think that's a good, you know, like be curious and find out who we really are, right? We're, it's kind of a, a lifelong process. Yes. We as people, as organizations, businesses, we're evolving. And so we need to be continually saying, self-aware. self-aware, who who am I? Who do people say that I am, right? Figure those things out and you'll kind of keep narrowing that down to the core and the heart of it. And then we can really do that on purpose. Amazing. Yep. It's great. Love it. Very good. Thanks for sharing that, Dave. Yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks, thanks for, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for spending time with us at the Extremely Valid Points podcast. To learn more about this episode, see our show notes at extremelyvalidpoints.com. Be sure and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash extremely valid. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at EVP underscore podcast. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time with some extremely valid points. Thank you.